Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the NBA coverage. Today's podcast brought to you by Final Form Subs. Right here, we got the joint support. As you guys can see, I'm running a little low. I'm actually going to order some today when we get off of the pod. Uh, order some more. And uh, just as an update for you guys, we've actually updated our shipping. Um, we had some shipping issues where it was taking like two weeks for things to come in. But now, for the most part, shipping is anywhere from five to eight days, um, considering there's no hiccups, which we're not getting much hiccups anymore. So shipping's a lot faster. Standard rate shipping in terms of price, and it's going to be anywhere from five to eight days. Generally on that five to six day kind of uh towards that. There you go. Yeah, Cal is taking his. Uh so we got the we got the uh calm down. We got the uh the shipping updated and guys, we got all kinds of things. We got creatine pre-workout. Uh we got collagen for those of y'all that want to keep your skin clear and keep your skin tight and hydrated. Uh go to finalformsubs.com. That's finalformsubs, S-U-P-P-S dot com. Use promo code coach strip, all caps, no space. Don't forget to use that promo code. To get 10% off your entire order. All right. And guys, the NBA podcast on Ivy Talks Podcast Network. Wherever you're listening or watching this, just go ahead uh, to subscribe so you guys don't miss out any cool stuff. So episode 14, we are out here. We're in here. We're in the groove. Where this is after the NBA All-Star break. We're back into the re- the things, back into back into the swing of things and the NBA. So those of y'all that are new, we're going to go over the standings for the East and the West, and then we'll go over some uh, leaders in terms of points, uh, statistical leaders for the NBA, and then Cal's going to kick us off with some news and highlights for the NBA, all right? Now, those of y'all that that tune in weekly, like we've kind of been, you've kind of noticed from week in, week out, it's kind of very the same. Not too much is moving around. It's been fairly consistent. Now that it's after the all-star break that's usually about the halfway point in the NBA in the season. Now is when we're going to start seeing things move because teams that are in that eight teams that are in that six or seven, eight, nine, 10 are going to try to fight to get out of the play in and teams that are at right at 11 and 12 are trying to fight to get in the play in to make it to potentially get that seventh and eighth spot. So it's going to get real juicy literally from seven, eight, 9, 10, and depending how close they are, 11, 12, potentially 13, those bottom, basically the bottom half, it's going to get real dicey for guys trying to fight into the get into that play-in window. All right, so let's go over the standing. So Eastern Conference, Eastern is pretty more, pretty much more or less the same. The Boston Celtics are still sitting at first, and they're gaining another, they're continuing to gain ground or separation between the number two team. So uh, number two team is still the Cleveland Cavaliers, but now Cleveland Cavaliers, they're seven and a half games behind Celtics. So it's looking like the Celtics are going to pretty much solidify themselves at that number one spot. Now, that's not to say things can happen. There's still 40-ish games left to be played. So, we, you know, things can happen. Celtics could go on a 10-game, 15-game losing streak. The, the Bucks and the Cavs could go on this crazy win streak. It is possible, but as of right now, Celtics are really separating themselves at the number one spot. Cleveland Cavaliers are at two, seven and a half games behind. Milwaukee Bucks are eight and a half games behind the first spot or a game and a half behind Cleveland. Then we have the Knicks sitting strong at four, which is very interesting because of Julius Reynolds being out. They're still playing well without their best player. 76ers are sitting at five, Pacers at six, Miami at seven, Magic at eight, Bulls at nine, Hawks at 10. 
Then you have the Brooklyn Nets at 11, Raptors at 12, Hornets at 13, Wizards at 14, and Detroit Pistons at 15. Now in the West, the West, it's still a tight race, all right? So now right now, as of right now, the West, the Timberwolves and OKC are tied for first. The Clippers and the Nuggets, they're semi-tied for second. So Clippers are technically in front of the Nuggets because the Clippers have one less loss and the Nuggets uh, have one less loss than Nuggets. So the Nuggets are sitting at four, but they're both, the Clippers and the Nuggets are both a game and a half behind the Timberwolves. So they're both a game and a half behind, but because of number of games played, it's a little offset. So the Clippers are sitting at three and just a game and a half behind. Denver at four, game and a half behind. Now, between the fifth spot, the Pelicans, who have moved up to the fifth spot, Dallas have dropped down. Pelicans were sitting at six. They are five and a half games behind. So there's a four-game difference between the Denver Nuggets and the Pelicans. Between the fourth spot and the fifth spot, there's a four-game difference. So there's starting to be some separation between the top four. So those to that top four is going to be a dogfight here in the, the last half of the season. Then we have Mavs at six, Kings at seven, Suns at eight, Lakers at nine, Warriors at ten. Then we have Jazz at 11, Rockets at 12, Grizzlies at 13, Portland Troublers at 14, Spurs at 15. Go over some the leaders real quick. So points per game, Luka Doncic is leading the way with 34.3. Rebounds is Sabonis at 13.2. Assist, Tyrese Halliburton, 11.7. And the steals per game, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, 2.1. And blocks per game, Victor Wimanyama at 3.2 blocks per game. And now I'm going to pass it off to Calvin to set us or start us off with NBA news and highlights. Cool, cool, cool. So at, and during the talking and everything, I got two questions, but I'm going to save those to the end and everything like that. Because right. I want to get your perspective and some so some insight from you. Um, <laughs> big news, man. I think, uh, I don't know, it was kind of funny that you didn't hear about this, but Steph Curry, not Steph Curry, Steve Kerr signed a... Uh, a contract extension. Let me see what it was. I think it was two years that he signed it for and everything like that. But um, yeah, that's the biggest. Yeah, two years, 35 million and everything. So he's going to be with them for the next two years and everything. So it'll be interesting to see what is going to transpire with that and everything with not the typical season that they're having this year so far. So seeing right. trade moves and everything like that. Um. <clears throat> I know you talked about the uh, the Nets head coach getting fired and everything. Um, what do you think about that, to be honest? So, note-wise, what I had, so I don't want to say it's surprising because the Nets were their bottom, um, their bottom of their conference. And so mm -hmm. also for some notes I had, uh, they were 21 and 33. They're 11th in the East. And when they showed – their rankings in terms of like offense, defense, they're pretty much bottom 25, 28, and just about every team's uh, category. So I'm not surprised. I do feel a type of way. I mean, I get it because it's a business, but I do feel a type of way when you fire a head coach midseason. Um, I don't, if I you know like you're that down bad in the standings, you might as well just let him finish the job and then let him go at the end right. of the season. That's my thing is like, because to be honest, they're not, I don't think they, hold on. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're 11th right now. There's no way they can get in the play. I mean, they can get in the play, but it's going to take some work, to be honest. But 
Yeah, ex exactly. And then, ex and then that's also the other point. Okay, they're at eleventh. Let them finish out. See if you can get in the play-in. You know, mm -hmm. see if you can, especially second half of the season. We know how second half of the season always goes. Really, the NBA doesn't get interesting till the second half of the season because that's mm -hmm. when teams are got like got to buckle down. And if they're two games behind the play-in, they gotta, you know, they gotta keep it up. And if you're uh, two games above, you're the next person's trying to get you out. You gotta keep continue to win. You know what I'm saying? So. I've never been a fan of firing a coach in the middle of the season like that. Um, I, like you said, let them finish it out. You, who knows? You know, they might have made it to the play-in and then made a run or at least made it to the play. We don't know. Uh, but, again, I'm not surprised because the Nets, ever since, obviously, the big three at the Nets broke up between, you know, KD, Kyrie, and, and, and Harden or Ben Simmons, whoever you want to – however you want to sauce it up. Um, ever since then, they've been kind of looking for – I feel like they've been trying to find their identity as a team, you know, because uh, Steve uh, Steve Nash gone. Now you got uh, I want to I want to get his name. Uh, I have his name down. Uh, I don't know how you say. Is it Jake Vaughn? Something like that, I guess. <laughs> yes, yeah, J A C Q U E. J I would assume Jake Vaughn. Um, but ever it seems like ever since Steve Nash. Uh, which is again, Steve Adams was just recently the coach, but I don't know. I feel like they're they're looking they're have they're having an identity crisis. I feel like they're looking for a coach that can that can create some type of Nets culture, whatever that looks like. But you know, like the, the Heat, like Spolster, the way he did at Miami. Everybody knows Miami has a culture. Like not everybody can play for Miami. Miami is a team that's got this strict discipline. There's a Miami culture. Like you know, I feel like. Organizations are looking for a coach that can create that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I feel like it's going to take some time, though, too. You just can't put nobody in there and then expect them to, you know, do what you needed to do and everything. It's going to take a – especially with that team and everything. I mean, they don't really have, like, a go-to – I mean, you can say Mikael Bridges, but, like, is that really your go-to person right now or do you need to bring somebody in to kind of help him out? Um, right. And they're so young. Yeah. Also, yeah. So there's going to take some developmental time too. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Um, man, I want to get into this NBA uh, draft real quick from pro some projections that they have so far. Um, and some of these people, do you, have you been paying attention a little bit to like college basketball or anything like that? I actually have. I've been watching like random games, but I have actually been, I've actually been pretty in tune with the SEC. Um, specifically, just because you know I am, I'm an SEC guy till I die in, in any sport. Uh, and SEC basketball, it's stepping up. It's for sure stepping up. But yeah, I've been I've been watching a lot more college basketball. Dude, the thing that's getting me right now is that when I start naming these people off, you're gonna see there's not a lot of people. There is a good amount. It's kind of like 50-50 right now. There's some people in college, some people in that like semi-pro. Semi-pro, G League, whatever you want to call it, yeah. that, like that. Yeah. Man. So, um, this first guy, he's actually pretty solid. Pistons, golly, I can't believe the Pistons got the first pick and everything. The trash ass record. Yeah. But um, they got this one dude, Andre Sar, that they're uh they're scouting right now. He's from France. Um, dude, he's he's pretty good. He's 18 years old, seven foot, can play the four or five spot. Um, then they got Nicolo Nikolai topic and he's from serbia he's a point guard six six point guard 18 years old they get these guys 
they're getting these guys really, really young. Like right when they turn 18, it almost seems right. like. Then the uh and that was for the Washington Wizards, the uh Spurs, shout out San Antonio Finest. <laughs> they got uh Zachary Richrader. Uh he's a French guy too. He's powerful, powerful, small four, six, eight, 18 years old again. Um Mateus Buzelis. Uh, he's from Team Ignite. That's like the G League team. And then he's a 6'8", small force uh, shooting guard, which he's pretty solid, too. He actually played in the Rising Star Stars Challenge and everything. I don't know mm-hmm. if you saw that and everything. But uh, then we got the Portland Trailblazers, Ron Harland. Uh, he's from G League. Another 18-year-old dude, 6'6", seems like a combo wing. Uh, Toronto Raptors got Cody Williams, Colorado. Funny fact, that's the first person from college that they're looking at at the sixth spot. So I don't know if they're looking into like the G League and overseas and everything a little bit more instead of college and everything, which is says a lot to me. But uh, he's from Colorado, 6'8", uh, swing man. Then you got Rob Dillingham uh, going to Memphis, which is probably one of my favorite picks and probably one of my favorite guards at Kentucky right now. Um, 6'3", really just crafty as hell, man. He reminds me of Shea, uh, SGA, just how he moves and just creativity. Then um, the Rockets got Reese Shepard, another dude from Kentucky, shooting guard, just has a huge clip on him right now. Uh, we got ninth Atlanta Hawks, uh, Flip, I mean, Kyle Flip, 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 Powski or wherever you say it. Big man from Duke, seven-footer. I think this is his three, his third year right now. And then we got the Oakley, Oklahoma City Thunder with Devin Carter, who's at Providence, which I haven't heard too much about him, to be honest. So, like I said, all this stuff is going to change as the season gets gets better for uh, college basketball. It's conference plays going right now. So we'll see people move up and move out and everything see right. some new and all that. So, um, yeah, man, it's going to be interesting. Second thing I want to hit on, two things, actually. I, I was on Instagram and I heard this and it was a take from a guy. He was like, what do you think the Minnesota Timberwolves are going to do? He's like, can you see them getting bounced in the first round or going to the NBA finals? And he said, the NBA finals, he said, that's hard just because of how the West is and they're playing so good right now. And he was like, I can also see them getting bounced out just because they're a good team and everything, but he doesn't know how, because obviously you get to the playoffs. That's a whole different season, like a whole different new dynamic and everything. You got people seeing defenses that they haven't seen before during the regular season. So what do you think? I think – I don't think that they'll – honestly, I don't think that they'll get to the finals, but I don't see them getting bounced the first round. And if that does happen, that's going to be a huge letdown, especially with them being so good this season and having all the success that they've had. Now – under normal circumstances, I would say that I don't think they get bounced out the first round. But because of the play-in, wait, what just happened? They, okay. Dang. Anyway, just as an update. Because my standings just updated because um uh anyway, standings is updated. Clipper or OKC's a half game behind Timberwolves. So Timberwolves, they're not tied no more. Anyway, for me, under normal circumstances, I would say, yeah, I don't think they I don't think they get bounced at the first round, but because of the play-in tournament, 
here's the problem. Here's the problem. Let me let me let me let me let me paint a picture. Let me paint the picture for you. I'm I'm gonna throw something else at you after you get done saying this too. Okay. So because it's both dealing with the West and everything. I just want to see how you kind of kind of respond to it. <laughs> now here's the thing. Here's the problem. Right now you have Suns at eight, Lakers at nine, Warriors at ten. The Kings are at seven. So that means for the play-in, it's between those four teams to get the two spots. But the out of those four, the only team I think Timberwolves could handle in a seven-game series fairly well is the Kings. But if the Timberwolves have to play the Suns, which with Booker, Beal, Nurkic, KD, the Lakers, LeBron, AD, Rushihar Mora, uh, uh, AR-15, D'Lo, and if they have to play the Warriors with how Steph Curry has been playing recently, Now, yeah. the Warriors, <laughs> yeah. now the Warriors, and again, you know, Warriors are struggling, but like you said, playoffs is a different beast. And, the, you know, the Warriors, I think, would be a better matchup for the Timberwolves because of the Twin Towers they have with, with uh, Gobert and Cat. So that matchup might not be bad, but I think Suns and Lakers are a terrible matchup for the Timberwolves in a seven-game series. So if certain things – like, it, I can see both. Well – I can see them. I don't know if I see them making it to the finals because they're so young. That's usually a problem. They're so young. I can see them getting bounced if they got to play a Suns, if they got to play a Lakers. I mean, hell, even the Kings might be a better matchup. And the Warriors, it's just, you don't know what the Warriors. I feel like they're a little – they're so inconsistent right now. They could get it. They could not because Steph is the only one playing, like, very consistent. But I think for them, I think realistically, second round, I think their ceiling, to me, in my personal opinion, their ceiling is I think they can make it to the conference finals. I don't think they'd win it. Yeah. But I think realistically I can see them making out the first and getting, and getting taken out in the second. I can see that. Because like you said, we don't know. We have This isn't like a team we've seen in the playoffs. It's not like a Warriors team or or a Miami. Or like, like we've seen Miami get in through the play-in, make it all the way to the finals. We've seen Miami come in middle of the pack Make over the finals. So we know comes playoffs, we know Miami is a team you can't bet against, regardless of where they are. As long as they make it into the playoffs, you got to keep your eye on them. They're a dark horse team every time. Same with the Warriors. That one year they won, they, they were like the sixth seed, and they ended up winning. So we've seen these teams. With the Timberwolves, they're so young, we don't know. But, yeah. And this, this goes into my next one. You know, I'm a really big fan – I'm a fan of Draymond's podcast. I'm not a fan of Draymond the player. Let me get that straight and everything. Okay. He says some good stuff on there. But this one, I just don't know. He was on his podcast and he was saying, yeah, definitely. The Warriors are a title. Yeah, we're definitely a title contending team. And I was like, I don't know if he's saying that just because he's on the team and he knows what they're up against right now. So he's just trying to, like, clear the air and everything. But I'm like, homie, right now, y'all not like, – like, the way y'all are positioned right now and what's going on, you only have Steph really doing majority of the work and everything. I'm like, I don't think y'all are a top contending team. And plus, y'all y'all in the playing tournament right now. So how are you going to be a top contending team when you guys yeah. are fighting to even get into the playoffs? You know what I'm saying? Unless something, unless you're going on a 20 game winning streak and and everything. Right. But I was like, I feel like that's a stretch. I feel like it's a stretch and that's a reach too as well because. You're fighting to get into it right now. You're not already secure right now to get into right. the playoffs. Like, you know what I'm saying? 
Yeah, I think what he means, because I agree. If you're talking about they're not a, a a contender, a contender is a team that you look at and you're like, they they are playing on the level consistently to they have the, they're like top four odds of making it right. A contender is like the Celtics, or a contender is like, uh, I don't I don't want to say just because they're number one, but like Celtics are contenders. They've mm-hmm. been there before. We know it, you know, the playoffs, they've made it to the finals before. They've made it to conference finals. I think what he meant is that he think he thinks as long as they make the play-in, they have a chance to make it to the finals. I think that's what he means by that. At least that's what I think he means, because I agree with you. They're mm-hmm. not a contending team. A contending team is like the the um OKC. Right, like or Denver. Denver's a contending team. They're top four. They won it. Uh, that was last year, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they won it last year. It's pretty much the same team. You got you know, joke uh the Jokers on there. They're playing for you know, they're playing phenomenal. Clippers are a contending team. They're playing absolute good team basketball. And the war, like you can't be ranked 10th and be a contending team. Now, I think what he's saying is he believes that they have a chance to win the NBA Finals, which they do. As long as Steph Curry is on your team and they've been, you know, they, they've won not being a top-seeded team, but I think he's saying they have a chance to win because he knows they're going to, you know, once playoffs come, they're going to, you know, make moves. That I do agree. They do have, you know, everybody that makes playoffs has a chance. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, you have Steph Curry, one of the greatest shooters of all time, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So, at least that I think that's where he's coming from. If he means like a true like contending team, no, 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 <laughs> no. <laughs> no their, their odds are probably like minus ten thousand or something like that. Like their odds are probably terrible, or plus ten thousand. Yeah, I, I just when I was when I was, and that's the thing too. When I saw it, I was just like, okay, like don't let me jump to conclusions and let me just bash him. But I'm like, I'm like, bro, like you you guys aren't positioned that good right now to really say that but i mean you never know as the season goes on so yeah their odds their odds are plus 3500 damn they're right behind miami they're tied with miami and then Cavs are plus 3000 lakers are plus 28 the number one is celtics at 260 and nuggets and clippers are tied at 475 and odds to win Damn. I do. I wouldn't mind, man. I actually wouldn't mind Clippers winning it all this year. I wouldn't either. I wouldn't. I would. I think. And you know the thing about it. I think that would kind of start like ruffle some feathers. Be like, oh, the Clippers won it this year with the Lakers. At you know what I'm saying? Because you know they share. I, yeah. Don't don't they share arena still? I uh, I think right now they do, but they won't be um, soon. But I mean, man, I feel like I feel like if that happens, that's going to start a lot of debates and everything. Just saying, like, oh, the Clippers, Clippers are back on top and everything. Which realistically, if we look historically, like the Lakers got them beat by. I'm about to say back on top. I don't think they've ever been on top. <laughs> yeah, like you know, I'm just saying. You know what I'm saying? It's just yeah, like, yeah. People they're going to say yeah, but um, but well, before before we before we sign off, I have a question. Do you think if Clippers win? Or Celtics, do you think either of those teams winning would reset the NBA? Like, you know how Toronto reset the NBA when, when Kawhi won at Toronto? It reset the NBA because Toronto wasn't a super team. 
and all these other teams that were like front loaded and taking these huge salary cap hits from guys, it kind of reset. Do you think Celtics or Clippers winning would reset? I think the Clippers definitely. Um, and I got a rebuttal for for the Celtics too. Not a rebuttal, but another topic. Mm-hmm. I think the Clippers definitely because they've been struggling for so long. Like you know what I'm saying. Like they've had like with Doc Rivers, they went to the playoffs and everything, and just lose in the conference finals and all the conference finals. Um, I think I think that goes more for the Clippers than the Celtics. I want to say. Um, because Celtics, I mean, that's a, a, I mean, a huge organization named well-known and everything like that. They have historic, they have history there with the Clippers. They don't really have that. You know what I'm saying? Even though they are a, I would say they are a, a bigger market team, but they just haven't had the success. I feel like in the past few years, um, right. the dynasty's will, not there. Yeah. I will say this though, if the Celtics get to the finals and they lose, somebody's leaving that team. I don't know if it's Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown. I feel like that, you remember about two or three years ago, they were talking about trading one of them or whatever because their play styles were so similar. I really feel like if they don't win it this year, somebody, one of those two got to go. And I think it's going to be Jalen Brown because that's Jason Tatum's team at the end of the day, in my opinion. Um, I mean, you can't go. I mean, it'd be very, very devastating for them to have a great year like this and then just lose it, you know? So I don't know, man. I don't know. But uh, to answer your question, I think uh, if the Clippers do win it, that that, that could reset everything, just to be honest. Now, if Minnesota won it, that that would reset everything, I think, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that that would reset everything. Like, (laughs) small market team winning would, would we're rough with some feathers. Mm-hmm. All right. Yep. Yep. Oh, I got a question for you too. Another one. So, and this is not for NBA. This is for like college basketball. Did you see what happened after the Duke game when Wake Forest? Yeah. Season? yeah when, the, when they stormed the court and Duke got hurt. I agree with uh, the head coach at Duke. I'm like, dude, they got to stop banning that just for that simple reason and everything. Like, I mean, obviously have your fun, storm the court and everything, but that puts the players at risk, especially the opposing team. You know what I'm saying? Like, we don't know. No, go ahead. Uh, I'm just saying, like, it's just just a hazard risk and everything, man. I mean, hopefully the dude doesn't have too bad of injuries. It seems like he just rolled his ankle, but still, it's just like. We've seen stuff like that happen before where people, they rush the, the 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 court and everything. People get trampled. Players get trampled and everything. Like, I don't know. I feel like they got to do something a little bit better with that. Yeah, I do know. That, that's their star play. That's I want to say that's their star player, but, like, I mean, he's projected to go to the draft. He's a top 10 pick next year, you know? So it's like, I don't know. I saw that, and I kind of felt some type of way. I'm like, I kind of do agree with him on that, but that's my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, um, I know Storm of the Court is actually, like, it's not – it is banned. Like, you're not supposed to storm. Because I know, like, in, uh, in the SEC specifically, if you – if the first time it happens, you – it's a – you get – the team gets fined uh, 100000 for the first offense, 200, $250,000 the second offense, 500000 for the third offense. So, like, there are penalties, and they're not supposed to storm the court. But, you know, whenever – if 20,000 people are trying to storm the court. There's not enough security to stop it is the problem. Yeah, you just got to let that shit happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. at that point, you're just 
you know, you try not to, but you we all know when it's a small team and they're going to upset a big name, even in football or basketball, the court or field is probably going to get stormed. It's the same in football. It's, they're technically banned, but they can't actually do anything um, if the entire student body leaves the student section. But, yeah, it is unfortunate, but hopefully he'll make a, a quick recovery. I might send the University of Duke some final form subs, get him some, some recovery stuff, you know. <laughs> the amino acids get the, the muscles rebuilt but i believe that is our time i didn't actually start our timer but i believe that is our time you got 34 minutes my boy <laughs> yeah well all right ladies and gentlemen we appreciate you guys for watching listening the nba coverage we'll catch you guys potentially next week we'll have to talk about that because i'll be out of town but we'll catch you guys soon we're out i'm gonna chase my dreams